Detective Banks, do you know where your officers are? Jigsaw? Wait, I thought the Jigsaw killer was dead. He is. Find him. They are hours, not days. How can I catch this guy? If there's nobody on the bus, I can bust! You can't do this alone. Whoever did this has another motive. Something personal. When was the last time you saw your father? Jigsaw copycat. This is gonna go sideways fast. Detective Banks. When was the last time you saw your father? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. I am Mike, and joining me as always, it's Mr. Venom. How are you doing, Venom? Greetings and salutations, torture porn fans. Yeah, I'm doing <laughs> good, Mike. How are you doing? My favorite term. <laughs> <laughs> I am doing well. Uh, joining us, as always, as well, it's Don and Ellie. How are you doing, Don? I'm doing good. Um, I am not a fan of the torture porn name. Um, it's actually one of the things I hate the most about this subgenre, but otherwise, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I was pretty much being sarcastic just because, yeah, I've had um, had that rant before. before. Oh, I've had, I've actually written an article about why I hate the name on my blog, so. Nice. I've actually put, (laughs) yeah, I put my money where my mouth is, actually. (laughs) Well, between that intro and the fact that we pretty much said last week that we were doing this uh, movie, it should tip the listeners off. We are covering Spiral. Or Spyro from the Book of Saw, as I guess the original title um, would be. And because this is technically kind of a sequel reboot, maybe somewhere in between that, um, we this is actually a franchise that we have not covered at all on here just because of when the show started. Uh, we well, between the three of us, we've probably all talked saw movies elsewhere, uh, whether on our own shows or articles or 
um, guest spots, whatever, but never on this show. So I thought before we get into our general thoughts, we'll just go around really quick, give some brief thoughts on the franchise as a whole. We're not going to do anything crazy. I go through each movie, but just kind of like a general overview of what we uh, think of the franchise and then kind of like going into Spiral. So Venom, start with you. Uh, what What is your uh, relationship with the Saw movies? I mean, in general, I'm a big fan of the franchise. I've seen everyone in theaters. Um, I'm especially a fan of the first three. Uh, I absolutely love the first three for different reasons, obviously. I, I feel like all three of them are slightly different films. Um, as the franchise, you know, gets into the deeper chapters, four, five, six, it kind of started to lose a little bit of steam for me, especially with the loss of Jigsaw as it's, you know, as the franchise's main antagonist. Um, and I wasn't always a fan of the particular acolyte, uh, that was running the show in some movies, be it Hoffman, Amanda, Dr. Gordon, whoever you want to go with. But, um, ultimately they all still very much feel, you know, uh, similar in what James Wan was able to do in the first one, maybe not necessarily in storytelling, but at least in feel style, filmmaking, things like that. So over the years, I've kind of, I think I, as well as a lot of people, have kind of just lost our fire for the franchise. Obviously, as horror franchises get the part seven, eight, nine, um, you know, they start to get a little stale. They start, you know, either going into space or, you know, maybe, you know, send a leprechaun into the hood or whatever. You know what I mean? So, you know, the fact that this franchise never really strayed from its main formula, you know, has always made me a fan of it. Um, I... I still anticipate the films when they come out. Obviously, we don't get them every year the way we used to. But, you know, I was still mildly excited to see this one. You know, I tried to keep my expectations low because, again, this is going to be, you know, one of the first Spiral movies with very little, if any, uh, Jigsaw involvement. And I am a huge fan of Jigsaw. I mean, John Kramer is easily a top five horror villain for me. Um, and I know that might be a bold statement for some with, you know, with some of the classic characters that we have out there, but, uh, yeah, I've always been a real fan of his motivation, you know, what the statements that he was trying to make, blah, blah, blah. Obviously I'm not going to justify murder necessarily, but, uh, I definitely kind of on a, in a core basis kind of agreed with a lot of John Kramer's, um, you know, mentality and things like that. So yeah, overall big fan of the franchise, um, and, you know, was looking forward to Spiral, especially with the return of uh, Darren Lynn Bousman, too, who before this has directed three of the Saw films. So, you know, some mild expectations there, but we'll see if they were fulfilled. All right. Uh, Don, how about you? Uh, how does it go with the Saw franchise? Uh, for me, I uh, I like the first three. Um, I'm not a huge fan of any of them, but if I was to rank them, I would probably put the first three at the top of the list. Um, I actually prefer three over two instead of, mm-hmm. you know, liking them one, two, three. I actually like three over two, but those are still the ones I would put at the top of the list. Um, uh, after that, I, I, I've said this numerous times. I can't tell the movies apart. I can't tell four, five, six, or seven, or uh, Jigsaw. The one just plainly titled Jigsaw is 8, right? I believe so, yes. Okay, yeah, so then 3D is part 7, yeah. Uh, for me, I can't tell those films apart. Um, I may not even be able to tell you if I've actually seen the last two, 3D, um, 3D and Jigsaw. 
because uh, I don't even remember them. Um, four, five, and six, I definitely remember, but I can't tell you like what track came from what film. I can't tell you. <laughs> You, what plot revelation was made in what film? Um, I know Hoffman is the main bad guy in five and six, but it, yeah. Other than that, um, the franchise never really—I mean, like I said, I was never really a big fan to begin with, so it was never like I was hotly anticipating it. It was just—it's a new horror movie to watch. What's the big deal? So <laughs> that was the attitude I took with those, and that was sort of like what I was being repaid with because I never really thought they were all that great to begin with uh i mean like i said you know four five and six i can't tell any of the films apart i may not even have seen the last two i would have to give them another revisit to know for sure so uh yeah um generally not a huge fan um they're okay when i need just you know like a simple dose of you know just unrelenting gore for the sake of unrelenting gore, but I can also get that in other better made movies and better made franchises. So it's not one that I return too often. Okay. Um, as far as I go, I, I'm a fan overall of the franchise. I'm kind of, uh, right there with Venom and Dawn about the first three. Uh, you know, I, I think something that, started to get lost on later entries in the franchise, especially once the Jigsaw character himself uh, exited, was the theme of redemption in, like, the early films. I thought that was an interesting aspect beyond just, you know, the fun of the gore and the deaths and the traps. Um, I, I thought... You know, as sadistic as some people would call John Kramer or Jigsaw... There was something, uh, you know, there was a method somewhat to his madness. He he genuinely wanted people almost to better themselves uh, and gave them a chance at redemption. You know, obviously, you know, you could really get into it and, and argue the fact that, like, well, who the hell is he to even be the one making that decision? And sure, you could go there, but for the sake of what the movies were... Um, I thought it was just an interesting angle on everything. Obviously, as the franchise went on and traps got more elaborate, you started to question, like, were these even meant for people to ever escape them in the first place? Or were they just meant to offer the crowd full, uh, cool, fun, gory deaths? Now, being a horror fan, I, I, I can appreciate both. Um, I just think that early in the franchise, we actually got better story and... Um, themes behind what was going on now the saw movies were always, you know it was kind of like the every halloween they come out it was an event and at the least it was a franchise where um i i at least felt that i was gonna have a fun time with them to varying degrees and usually they delivered on that front even if like other aspects of the movie left me scratching my head um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, with without getting too detailed, that's just kind of my overall thoughts. But I agree. The first three, to me, the first three just makes a strong trilogy, period. Like, if, if you if you separate those kind of three out and just say the first three saws, I think it's one of the stronger trilogy series or franchises. And then, you know, we get the overkill with the continuing franchise. But uh, I was... I was pretty, I don't even know if I would say excited to see, I was just interested because 
with this one, I think even more so than Jigsaw with Spiral, we kind of knew going into it that it was going... Well, I don't want to say we because everyone tries to avoid any details or you know trailers or whatever to varying degrees how, how little they want to know. I'll say for me, I didn't go investigating, but I did see the trailer. So I knew enough to say, okay, they're definitely going for... Um, something a little different with this one. And we, you know, obviously uh, it wasn't going to be uh, Jigsaw necessary going in. So it looks like, you know, from the get-go, we knew we were dealing with a copycat. But anyways, that's, uh, that's I guess, where I'll leave my thoughts just on the franchise as a whole. So we will get right to general thoughts on Spiral itself. Let's see the synopsis. A criminal mastermind unleashes a twisted form of justice in Spiral, the terrifying find new chapter from the book of saw uh before i kick it to venom i will just say i, I did read an interview with uh Bowsman, i think a, a day or two after i saw them actually not a day or two that would be today <laughs> it must have been yesterday that uh he said there was a specific reason they didn't just call this saw nine um and that's because of the potential to actually uh, kind of spawn off like more spiral movies and actual like saw straight saw sequels so um not that he didn't say that that's necessarily already in the works or anything he just said he but he wants to leave it so that can potentially happen um so we'll see but anyways uh general thoughts spiral venom uh go Ah, this movie. Um, I will say, first and foremost, I'll say that this is probably one of the best looking uh, movies in the franchise, assuming we're still going to consider this a Saw chapter. Um, You know, the budget looks, it looks like the budget was higher. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but just maybe it's because I saw it in IMAX too, but just I, I was definitely floored by how nice the movie looked. A Saw movie usually has like that grittier kind of green weird hue to it at times, especially the original. Um, but this one definitely they went for more just colors popping and, and everything else. Um as far as if it's a good Saw movie, I'm kind of still on the fence, man. I, it just, the whole time I'm watching it, it's like I'm watching the traps. I'm looking at the traps in this movie and I'm thinking, these traps don't look like they were intended for someone to escape. Like there's very, and even the clues that the quote unquote killer or antagonist, if you will, um, even the clues that they're giving, that he's giving to his victims are so like, beyond cryptic that it doesn't even make sense like the clue that he gave um that he gave uh, ezekiel uh, christopher chris rock's character uh detective zeke the clue that he gave him during the glass um trap made no fucking sense no human being would ever be able to put that together and say oh it's over there it just it, it didn't feel like these traps um like I said, could have been escaped. Um, and then Mike, as you were talking about John Kramer's motivations and his techniques and MO and whatnot, you were literally explaining everything about why I hate this villain. I 
can't stand this villain. He is so petty, vindictive, and personal. John Kramer was never, ever petty. His acolytes were never petty and vindictive. They had a mission. Uh, like Mike said, they were trying to get people to appreciate the life that they had because of John Kramer losing his wife, her losing her life, and then, of course, Kramer's life himself being cut short due to the cancer. He was trying to get people to appreciate their life. In this movie, that doesn't happen. This killer is, and, and it even says it in the synopsis, a twisted form of justice. This isn't justice. This is revenge that this guy is going after. Obviously, we can't get really get into story details too much, but I'm incredibly unhappy with this villain. And then the way the movie ends, holy shit, do I hate the ending of this movie. Um, you know, we'll get into that in a little bit, but... Earlier, I mentioned that this was the return of Darren Lynn Bousman. I, I could not tell this was Darren Lynn Bousman uh, filming this movie. It, it didn't feel like one of his movies, and it definitely didn't feel like a Saw movie. Um, like I said, the traps seemed uh, just vindictive. Um, they they look like they were just intended specifically to cause as much pain as possible before eventually killing the person in the trap. You know, this didn't feel like the bear trap that Amanda got out of. It doesn't feel like Dr. Gordon getting out of the room in the basement by sawing off his leg. No, this, this feels like just straight up revenge. And it just takes the heart and soul of Saw out of this movie. Um, now, let's talk about some of the positive. Um, the trap still looked kind of cool. I mean, I could only really remember like three of them as we sit here. So if there were more than three, then some of them weren't memorable. I mean, a couple of them were fairly gory. We get the gore that we're looking for. You know, somebody does get skinned in the movie, and we get to see a little tiny piece of that. So that's kind of cool, um, you know, for a big-budget Hollywood movie. Um, the acting is actually great. Um, to bring in A-list actors like Chris Rock and Sam Jackson, I thought was a great move. It actually adds a lot more interest to the film. I think those two alone are going to get more butts in the seats especially with the theaters reopening and people are excited to go back to the theater. Um, I, I feel like this movie is probably going to do well. It's probably not, not going to do, you know, Godzilla King Kong numbers, but you know, it, it'll still probably do well for a horror film. Um, yeah. The performances are great. The cinematography is great. I mean, the shots, like I said, it looks gorgeous. The movie looks great, but I am just very deeply disappointed with the storytelling in this one. Um, I, I thought the red herrings were presented so poorly, you know, they, they, there's one red herring, which we'll get into in the spoiler section where they're really trying to convince us that this particular person is the killer, but it's so incredibly obvious that it's not, that it's almost laughable that they're trying to push this red herring so hard on us. So before I get too deep in thought on this one, uh, let me just cut off my general thoughts and say, this is still a good film. I enjoyed watching the movie, but as far as in the upper echelon of Saw films, this is going to be near the bottom for me. Um, it just didn't feel like a Saw movie. It didn't look like a Saw movie. And, and one of the biggest things about Saw that I actually hated about the franchise, they brought back. Um, and that's the uh, the kind of fast motion, weird circling camera crap that we get at the end of the movie when we're, you know, when we're basically getting all the twists revealed. They got rid of that for Jigsaw. And it was one of the biggest things that made me really like Jigsaw is that it still had the heart of a Saw movie, but it didn't feel like a James Wan or a Darren Lynn Bousman movie. 
Um, whereas this one, I, I just the, aside from the traps, I don't see the DNA of the Saw franchise in this film. And last but not least, I hated, hated, hated the fact that this killer decided to use a computerized voice uh, for the uh, messages rather than, you know, coming up with some kind of new because obviously you're never going to reproduce Tobin Bell. His voice is spectacular. But I mean, they could have used, you know, some kind of voice modulation like the kids in Scream or whatever to come up with a more compelling way to to, you know, listen to these messages. Instead, they use that, you know, they didn't even use a, a voice, the quality of like Siri or Alexa. They literally used like one of those generic computer voices for all the messages and it made them all just painful to listen to. So all in all, it's a, it's a good movie. It's just not a very good Saw movie. So I'll leave it at that for now. Okay. Don, what did you think of Spiral? Ah, uh, um, I really wanted to like this a lot more than I ended up doing. Um, I, I will agree with the Venom. I do like the look of it. I do like the flashy presentation. I do like a lot of the, you know, little visual flares that we get here and there. It does look really good. I did get into the storyline. I did like a lot of the investigative aspects of this. But uh, he hit the biggest nail on the head for me with why I dislike it as much as I do, and that is the villain in this is one of the most laughably non-threatening killers I've ever witnessed in a serial killer film. Not only did I peg him within five minutes of being on screen, because it is a character we do meet and we are familiar with from the, you know, reasonably around the beginning of the film, I pegged him as the killer immediately. I actually had the motivation down for why he was going to do it, but I ended up dismissing it because I thought, no, nah, that's just too stupid and obvious. They're not going to go with that. I, I legitimately did. I had, that, I had the killer pegged. I had the motivation pegged within 10 minutes, and then I thought, no, that's just too stupid. They're not going to go that route. Um... Yeah, the voices, whatever the hell that they're doing for why they're reading the clues, I thought, oh, God, they're going with that. You're trying to get me to be threatened by this pathetic, girly voice that they're trying to use for the killer? No. No, this is, this is ludicrous. It's laughable. It's not threatening at all. And I thought it was just, you know, they're doing this for the first the first trap, and okay, they're going to do something else for the later ones, and it just kept on going. It just, it's cringe. Mm -hmm. um, I could say the cringe goes exactly the same way with Jackson's character. I did not care for him at all. Or, I'm sorry, not Jackson, Chris Rock. I did not want to follow him at all. He's petty. He, He's arrogant, he's brash, and he has no real reason to be so. You know, his backstory is lame and it's contrived. It's lazy as hell. And I just did not think that that was a good enough motivation for following around him. Not to mention something that I think we'll get into in the beginning, we'll get to later. It's not structurally sound as to why he would even be in, in the investigation to begin with. And, you know, that's, uh, I'll talk about that later. Because uh, 
saying anything more is going to be spoilers, but mm-hmm. yeah, the traps look cool. Exactly, you know, Venom's also right. They're not exactly, you know, survivable, and they don't have the heart, which is, you know, again, another reason why I wanted to dislike this, but um, I'm just going to leave it at that, because I, if I say anything else, I think it's going to be spoilers, but mm-hmm. yeah, um, I wanted to like this. I, I do give it props for a few areas, but uh, it let me down more than I wanted to, so. Yep. Okay. Well, you both kind of hit on some points that I was going to say, so I'll try not to repeat everything, uh, but I, I do have to say, God, that voice is dumb. <laughs> the voice they used for the new puppet. And I pretty much assumed that there was going to be a new voice. And I was fine with the idea of like, okay, let's come up with exactly, a different yeah. and that's, voice. Yeah. And then when you hear it for the first yeah, time, I was like, uh, that can't actually be the voice, can it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I was the same as Don. I thought they were only going to use it for the first one, right. uh, for the first kill, and then uh, you know the, the the killer would maybe start getting a little bit more flair or whatever. But nope, <laughs> computer voice. Yeah, and movie. Yeah, because I think the first time we hear, it, isn't it literally it's, from a computer screen? Yeah. So exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I thought maybe like. Yeah, so I thought maybe that first time, okay, it's because it's actually on a computer, but no. Um, the, uh, so here's my struggle. I don't necessarily think the story itself is a problem so much as I don't understand the motivation at all to even use traps or any of that stuff by the person who's doing the killing. If the people he's going after there is no redemption like for the stuff that, like one once we start getting flashbacks of what they actually did and like why he's doing this i'm like well even if they escaped the trap they didn't there's nothing they can go back to in their life that can redeem something if, if we remember back to like the first saw um dr gordon he was more you know he was i, I believe he was what cheating on his wife but or semi among or, other things yeah among other things but it wasn't you know it wasn't something that would uh you know put you in jail for life yes. you know it, he, he he was having indiscretions basically and john kramer was like dude it was more like a hit on the head like dude well it was more than that obviously because he put him in a damn trap but it was like dude wake up your life isn't that bad you should appreciate your life the the character once we start getting flashbacks in this movie about why these characters are dirty it's like uh they don't belong in a trap for possible redemption like wh- i don't un- i don't understand the whole like if if this killer supposedly studied jick cuz he's a he's a copycat but i don't i don't get where what his pov is of even setting up the tra- traps to begin with if if you're going after them for these kind of crimes, it's like either work to get them in prison or wouldn't you just be cold-blooded murdering them too? It seems too elaborate for the motive of why he's doing this. So I actually feel like up, I was kind of okay with the movie. I mean, I still had other minor issues, but I was kind of okay with it until we they start laying out like why he's doing this. And I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense to me because you can't, 
and uh, you, there's there isn't redemption for these characters, so I don't understand why they're even getting a choice. Not to say that, it, it, echoing what you guys have already said, I think is these traps. It's like you're not getting out of it. I mean that that first one. It's like even, that first trap is so goddamn stupid, and it's the one that <laughs> I think a lot of people have seen already, even if they haven't seen the movie because they released it like last week. They released like the first five minutes of the movie or something, and. Oh man, I have so many issues with that first trap. It is the most ridiculous, stupid thing possible. But I, I got we got to do it in the spoiler section for me to get into it. Yeah. Um, so there's that, and then obviously they, I would agree, Venom. They they seriously pushed like a red herring on trying to make us think who the killer was so much that it it convinced me it wasn't because. Yeah. <laughs> it just seemed over the top. Um, I was actually more okay with Chris Rock than I thought. A little afraid after the opening scene because it literally felt like it was a stand-up special. And I was like, <laughs> uh, I was like, is this going to be the whole movie? Because it's like, I love Chris Rock's stand-up, but it doesn't like belong in a Saw movie, but luckily they toned it down after that scene. So I was like, okay, it's Okay, fine. real talk, real talk, I've never actually seen a second of his stand-up. The only <laughs> thing of his I've actually seen, the only thing of his that I've actually seen is Lethal Weapon 4. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, so not yeah. familiar. Um, I know the name just by being pop culture-wise, but like actually sitting down and watching a movie of his, the only f- film of his I've actually seen is Lethal uh yeah the the only other thing i'll say for general thoughts because i just don't want to repeat a bunch of stuff that's already been said is when it comes to the ending i i don't buy that uh the killer would get away because everyone that's involved in that scene you would think that um you know without naming any characters now i'll say the detective that is there witnessing it with all the other cops around all, all he would really have to do is say hey Stop that guy. That's escaping. yeah. That's the thing. His identity like, is known off. by the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and like everyone knows who the detective is that is like crying because of what's not crying but like emotional. If he just says something like, "Hey, uh, it's that guy right there," they're gonna get him. Like I, I don't understand. Like it, it's not like the other ones when they there's no one else around, kinda, and you know it's I, I don't know. Well, it's hard to even say yeah, too much now so I'll, I'll, yeah i'll just say you know if if you want to uh or if i if i'm putting this in the context of the franchise i would say it's like middle to lower in the franchise uh but i'll say with venom it's like i didn't totally dislike the movie i still found it entertaining there were aspects to it that i i did like and you know I'm sure they're gonna make another one, so we'll see where it goes from here. And uh, yeah, that's the general thoughts. Yeah, this movie kind of felt like it felt like the two-hour pilot for a for a gritty, you know, TV cop show. You know what I mean? Like, like if this would have been the pilot for a, a future series, I might have been interested. Like, if this was the continuing story of Zeke after this. Uh-huh. Um, cause that's going to be the one place where I, I, I kind of disagree with Don just mildly. I did enjoy Chris Rock in this movie I, for whatever it's worth. Yes, he's loud, but that's, you know, that's what you're going to get with Chris Rock. I, I don't think there's a subdued performance within him. 
but I feel like like that was the story I wanted to follow. Like by the, by the time we were halfway through the movie, I didn't give a shit about the the jigsaw copycat at all. I wanted to know more about um, you know uh, Detective Banks, his history with the with the force. Uh, more about, you know, why everyone dislikes him. You know, obviously, you know, we find out really early in the movie why Zeke is kind of like the pariah of the uh, of the de- of the department. But, you know, I would I would have liked to have seen more of that story. That was more interesting to me than anything involving traps or murder, uh, which is kind of sad for a Saw movie. So, yeah, it just as I'm walking out of the theater, I'm literally thinking that felt like a good pilot for a cop show but did not feel like a good Saw movie. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you there. <laughs> Especially yeah. with the look of it. It looks so nice. Like, I still can't get away. Again, I saw it in IMAX, and, you know, so maybe, you know, I'm a little jaded because of, you know, how big the screen was and how, you know, loud the sound was. But, I mean, I was taken aback at how nice it looked. Like, even in the first few minutes when they were just showing shots of, like, the city and, like, dirty alleys and whatnot with the sun coming up and it looks like it rained the night before, you know, you get that classic effect of the ground being wet and the sun coming up. It just, it looked really nice. It looked like a well-made movie. It's just... Saw doesn't need to look that nice. I mean, I'm not complaining that it did, but I mean, you could have given me something that still looked like 2004 and, you know, with a more compelling story. And I would have liked that a lot better than this, you know, polished. I don't want to call it a polished turd because it's not that bad. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Well, it it almost feels like this movie would have been better off just being a serial killer movie because the only real connection it has to the the franchise is oh there's traps in it and <laughs> technically the guy is a copycat killer but okay who cares like it's just a generic copycat killer but it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's connected well it's not really but it doesn't have the saw movie feeling and that doesn't necessarily make it a good or a bad movie it just i just question why it even like if you take out the traps and just make it about the revenge factor and you craft a story about that. And it's just, you know, a a movie about them trying to find a homicide or someone committing homicide on, um, the characters that are being killed. Then it's still, it's still similar to the movie we got. It just isn't called from the book of saw. (laughs) Like, and so I, I almost feel like even the saw aspects were, unnecessary and it didn't even really need to be from the book of saw to begin with i wonder if this movie is going to lead into the tv series because you you know we're getting a series in a couple years i'm wondering yeah this is going to lead into that because that would make more sense because like i said this felt like a pilot well Mm. also that too but that also makes more sense with it not being named saw to begin with like it's name spiral like right. from the book of saw would be more than likely what the tv series would be about more yeah. than likely i would imagine that if the t- if it's the tv series it would be follow tracking down copycat killers you doing jigsaw's crime methods of putting people in traps and trying to kill them yeah. be that there. to me like that seems more like the logical idea if they're going with a tv show Sure, I can see that. Yeah, I, I would agree because it's like they'd be tracking down people who actually, you know, took up John Kramer's work in a sense. Mm-hmm. 
But I mean, at least give me people that legitimately took up his work for the right cause, not because they're sad, you know, not because someone was taken away from them. I mean, it just I know I, I once we get into spoilers, you're going to hear a lot of similarities between Jigsaw and the killer in this movie. But when you really break it down, like I said, I, I said he was petty and I'm sticking by that. He's a petty little kid who never grew up from the sad little kid that he was when a certain event changed his life. And, you know, like I said, he's just vindictive now. That's not Jigsaw. That was never Jigsaw. And that's why I have a major problem with this villain. Yeah, Jigsaw was, it was never a revenge tale. No, because Jigsaw could have killed people, just flat out murdered people if he wanted to, if he felt they deserved it. He was going after people, like Mike has already said, he was going after people that were redeemable. Um, you know, in some of the later movies, he actually did go after people who were responsible for death, but they weren't necessarily like trigger men. They didn't go around, you know, shooting people, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, the, the like I said, the revenge plot here comes off as literally that revenge. There's no lesson to be learned here at all. You know, this is basically just one vindictive, uh, you know, petty little douchebag going after a police department. Uh, how does that sound like Saw? It just doesn't. So, yeah, too bad. Yeah, and uh, I I also don't – well, I, I'll leave the details. I'll spare the de- details for now. But I also, like, think the the offer the killer makes to the good uh, – at the end, I'm like, well, so wouldn't that undo all – the fact that he's a good cop to begin with like it just like it doesn't make sense (laughs) it makes no sense from either end from the offerer or the offer e it just it's it's one of the most ridiculous things that these people could have come up with for the end of this movie and that's just disappointing um i didn't actually look into the writers but um Darren Lynn did not write this movie, so I'm not sure if these guys have written Saw movies before. Yeah, I think they have. Oh, they have? Okay, well, shame on them. I think I've read that they used writers who have done previous work before. Okay, well then, yeah, uh, very much so, shame on them. I'm even more disappointed. I'm saying, I think if I read right, these are actually the guys that wrote Jigsaw. Yeah, uh, Pete Goldfinger is listed... Yeah, you're right. For Jigsaw. I don't know about any of the others. I don't see him on the other saws, but but I mean, I don't I didn't think too highly of Jigsaw either. Um from a storytelling standpoint, no, not really. I, I'm such a huge John Kramer fan that it was it was good for me. I, I like seeing John alive and in action again. So for whatever it's worth, I definitely enjoyed Jigsaw more than this film. And I know that's from what I'm hearing in the community, especially from the hardcore Saw fans, a lot of people are really digging this movie and a lot of people are putting this above Jigsaw. I don't know that I can do that Um, just for the mere. It's kind of like the whole argument of Friday the 13th, part five versus part six. It's like, yeah, part six may not feel fully like a Friday the 13th movie, but at least it's fucking Jason and it's not Jason in part five. And don't get me wrong. I still love Friday the 13th part five, but I still remember being that 15 year old kid walking out of the theater pissed off because I didn't get to see my favorite movie killer in his franchise. So I'll, I'll forever harbor a little bit of uh, you know, piss and vinegar for that one. But yeah, th- that's pretty much how I felt walking out of this movie. It didn't feel like a spy, a, a saw movie. I didn't feel like Jigsaw's DNA was anywhere in this, uh, in the plot, in the storyline, in any of it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, I think we can put a pin in our general thoughts and move on over to spoiler thoughts. So, Venom, you got something to open us up with? Oh, man. Where do we start? I mean, it's Saw. So, of course, you know, the traps are the first thing that people think about. So, I mean... You know, I, I talked. To, I mentioned the glass trap in the uh, during the non-spoiler section, and basically what it was, he had a couple of uh, man. What were those? The, they they were some kind of like shooters that would shoot debris, almost, almost uh, like a wood chipper. It, it I think it's the end. The, the end. Um, in the industrial metal crunchers. Metal mm-hmm. cruncher. Thank you. Great name. Uh, yeah, and basically um, he had some kind of powerful fan system so that it was blowing the broken pieces of glass towards the victim who was hanging in front of the trap. Visually, I liked it. You know, I thought, oh, that's fucking brutal. And again, as the trap is going on, I'm like, how was someone expected to be uh, able to get out of that? Oh, and the, oh, right, this was the trap that had the stupid cryptic clue that I don't think a normal person could have gotten on the fly like that. And it it was something along the lines of, I can't believe you want to save him. I can't believe you don't want to just, um, what was it? Lock him up and throw away the key. Yeah. That's the clue people. Now I, I, I'm not saying that I'm the smartest guy in the world by any stretch. And in a pressure situation like that, where you've got like 30 seconds to act, I can't believe that he actually came up with it. And what was it? The fucking key to the lock was in the garbage can. Okay. Really? That's and, supposed to be clever writing. And he, and here's the other thing about that trap. That that was the, the guy that was chained up. Was, that was actually the ex-officer that murdered dude's dad, right? Yep. So, so I, by any measurement, I, well, he would actually give that guy a chance to survive like i don't buy that like it doesn't make any sense that's what it, i mean yeah if, if there was any of them that he was never gonna let out of a trap regardless that would be the one that he's like nope you're dying and i don't care so <laughs> it didn't seem to make sense um that opening trap with the dude oh yeah we in the got subway, stuff to talk about there <laughs> now here's the thing when when the because i didn't watch the, you know they i think they released it ahead yeah, of time me. i didn't see it so i mean i i didn't want to when I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, the way the trap is described is um, if you, you know, if you press down on this, it'll cut off your tongue, but hey, you're going to live. So in theory, when you hear that, you're like, okay, I don't want to lose my tongue, but it's a matter of being alive or dead. The problem is once he actually bites down on it and you see that it would have ripped out his tongue the part the portion of your tongue that goes all the way down your throat if he did that he's gonna bleed out he's not gonna survive that so i'm like once again this this is not something you can get out of the bigger problem that i had with that trap is the fact that to survive the trap you have to let your tongue get ripped out of your mouth but the, the the reason that the guy put the that particular person in the trap is because he was a um, he was a police officer. Uh, he was a detective on homicide, and apparently he had perjured himself multiple times on the stand, which of course basically means he lied. He lied on the stand multiple times. He got multiple innocent uh, people sent to jail, potentially executed. Who knows? So the whole point was, if you want to survive this trap, you have to let your tongue get ripped out, and then you won't be able to lie in court. Um, no, 
That's not true at fucking at all. If he doesn't have a tongue, he can still do depositions. He can still testify in court. He just has to do it in writing. So it doesn't actually stop him from lying in court if he survives that trap. It doesn't make any fucking sense. This is yeah. what I mean about these traps were not meant to be escaped. They were absolutely positively meant to kill every single person in them. And even though he puts up the guise of, oh, if you let this happen, you'll escape. Or if you let this happen, you'll escape. It's like, no, no or, one's going to or- let all 10 of their fingers get ripped off. Just so they can walk away from this and be a fucking husk of a human being after that. It just doesn't make any sense. Especially cops. Cops are not the type of people. And that's what I think. This is why I believe that these traps weren't meant to be escaped. Because I just don't believe that this guy. By the way, if you guys haven't figured it out yet from the way we're talking. The killer turns out to be an ex-cop. We'll get into that in a little bit. In a little bit. Um, But... This guy should, he knows without a shadow of a doubt that these cops are not going to sacrifice their body parts to get out of these traps. He knows this. So Mike makes 100% sense. Why bother with the traps? If you hate these people, if they, de- if they deserve to be dead anyway, just fucking put a bullet in their brain and be over with it. You know, yeah, or, because you know, to, to me, it's less likely, it's less likely that you'll ever get caught if you just murder them. Exactly. I mean, you were able to kidnap these people without getting caught. You were able to set up traps without getting caught. You obviously could have just put a bullet in their brain and walked away and you would have been just fine. But no, I got to be all fancy and be like Jigsaw. And and the thing is is that it doesn't make sense either that this guy... Um, is inspired by Jigsaw. He doesn't believe in Jigsaw's uh, mentality, his motivations. Um, He's not trying to help these people appreciate their life in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, fuck this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And the finger trap, hell, while we're we're here, let's talk about that damn finger trap. Basically, um, our killer grabs another dirty cop who was basically shot someone in cold blood because he flipped them off. Basically, uh, he pulled over someone, the motorist flipped them off, and literally the cop just pulls out his gun and blows his brains out. Um, and, of course, there's video footage of it for our killer to you know replay while this guy's in the trap. So he puts him in this trap. He's basically in a tub of water, um, about chest deep or so. He's in a tub of water. All ten of his fingers look like they're in those Chinese um, finger traps, but these are made of metal. You know, these don't look like the easy ones that you can just push on and get out of. These look, you know, these look inescapable, basically. And then this is the trap where the guy puts the, uh, he puts the mechanical piece, uh, the trigger in his mouth. And he basically says, as you bite down on this, the the gears will grind and they will pull your fingers off. And that, and that was the other thing is that, his mentality was, if you don't have any fingers, then you can't kill innocent people. Again, you're dumb. <laughs> there's there's always ways that a dirty cop can find to kill someone, to frame them, to do whatever. They don't necessarily need their trigger finger. Just like the first cop doesn't need his tongue to lie in court. So, ah, oh God. This, this guy is like, I hate to say it, and I'm sorry if I'm offending anyone, but this villain feels like Jigsaw with Down Syndrome. He he understands what he wants to do, but he doesn't understand the methods properly. Ah, oh, God, I'm so upset. <laughs> Sorry yeah. to the mental health industry who's, who might be listening, but yeah, this guy is ridiculous. This villain, his motivation is just so ridiculous. Oh, and I guess, why don't we go over his motivation? 
Mike? <laughs> so his, I would say he has a primary and a secondary because the primary is the fact that uh, his, his dad was a witness to like, uh, I think a cop murdering someone and the dirty cop goes to question him. Obviously he's a fish for information. Once uh, he confirms, yes, I'll testify that the cop, I think it was threw a guy off a building or something. Yeah. Um, Yep. Yeah. Once he confirms, he'll testify. The officer basically shoots him in cold blood, obviously to protect uh, the police force. And then uh, it was uh, Chris Rock, his ex partner, says that the witness pulled a gun. Now, here, here's my other problem with that scenario. Um, now, maybe, maybe they just weren't detailed enough to like include this, but the Chris Rock's partner says, "Oh, the witness pulled a gun on me," and you see Chris Rock question him, like, "What?" Like, kind of in disbelief. Yeah. Now, the witness if, pulled a gun on you. Yeah. <laughs> now, now Chris Rock is portrayed as like you know a good, honest cop. Well, wouldn't he walk over to the witness and like examine and like look for a gun? Now, maybe it just happened off screen that this detect that the uh, lying detective planted a gun on him or something. Yeah, we can see that. But one of the flashback scenes. Oh, he did. Don't see it the first time. See it, but later on we see him plant a gun. Yeah, Um, there is one in the. I think it's like towards the flashback at the end, actually. Okay, I'm, yeah, that, that's my bad. And I, I totally the thing is, though, is I thought Mike was going to go towards the fingerprint argument because basically the dirty cop kills the guy, pulls out a gun, another gun, and just lays it on the floor next to the guy. I'm like, uh, aren't they going to check for fingerprints? They're, they're not going to see the vic- They're not going to see the witness's fingerprints on the gun. Only the cop. So isn't that going to fucking, you know, obviously cops protect each other. And, you know, that's kind of the theme of the movie is that Chris Rock is considered a rat because he ended up testifying against his partner. Um, we kind of went off topic there for a little bit. Um, the connection between this crime and the uh, and the new jigsaw killer is that the witness who was shot by the cop is actually the father of our killer. Basically, the, as a kid, he witnessed this. He was hiding um, luckily the cop, the dirty cop didn't notice the kid in the apartment, but the kid was basically hiding and he saw like through, you know, through a cracked door that his father got shot, you know, unprovoked by a police officer. And that basically started, you know, his whole chain of events towards this big revenge plot. And I'm going to keep saying revenge because this is injustice in my opinion. Yes, the cop was dirty. Yes, he probably killed other people aside from this guy. And yes, he probably deserved to die. But ultimately, everything that this kid did is just, to me, just like I said, it just felt vindictive. It didn't feel like there was a message there. It didn't feel like there was any grandeur to it in any way, shape or form. Um, And then... I guess uh, we actually do meet the killer earlier in the movie. Obviously, we don't know who the killer is, but it actually turns out to be Chris Rock's new partner. Uh, young cop. Uh, what's his name? William. His name is William. Uh, he, you know, he, he seems like he's just like Chris Rock, very idealistic, you know, doesn't want to deal with dirty cops, doesn't want to be dirty himself, blah, blah, blah. Talks about how Chris Rock's father, who was actually played by Samuel L. Jackson, who was the police chief of this particular department, uh, is now retired. 
Um, William, Detective William, basically says to Chris Rock, your father was the inspiration for why, uh, you know, I, why I uh, became a cop, why I wanted to become a cop, why I wanted to, um, you know, um, clean up the streets. Obviously, that statement ends up having a double meaning by the end of the film because what we later find out is that Samuel Jackson, as the police chief, knew about a lot of these things that the cops were doing, you know, killing off witnesses, intimidating witnesses, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, whether Samuel L. Jackson actually gave the order to kill this kid's father, the witness in the original crime, who knows? They never really tell us that, but it's kind of implied that Samuel knows a lot of the dirty shit that his cops do. And, you know, so, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm so lost. I, I, I'm so just upset talking about this motivation because it just doesn't feel like a Saw movie at all. You know, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely not going to tell anybody not to see this film. Uh, as far as recommendations go, I would still give this a mild recommend to Saw franchise fans. If you're a fan of the franchise, then at least see it just to see a couple of new traps you know, they're mildly gory. You know, we do eventually we, we do get to see a, someone get skinned, not fully. It, it's in flashback form, but it, it's a pretty juicy little scene. Um, and that's when I knew who the killer was. Don, I'm not sure how early in the movie you actually knew it was him. But as soon as the skin, uh, when they got the package with the skin and it had the Charlie tattoo on it instantly in the theater, I said out loud, he did it. <laughs> it's him. This is just too convenient that this young cop just suddenly disappeared and his skin got mailed to the to the police precinct. I'm like, no, nope, that's our killer. And there it was. It was our goddamn killer. Admittedly, I didn't pick out the motivation because, like I said, when we first see the flashback, they don't let us know that there was ever a kid in the apartment or that the guy even had any kids, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, yeah, just... Ugh, uh, I I think it was when, in, if I, if I'm trying to remember the movie right, I think it was the <laughs> trip. I think it was the trip when they're in the car together, and and they're talking about like cleaning up the streets, and they're talking about like you, you know like their past history and stuff. Like this is a new guy on the force. Like he would have have to have like far more advanced knowledge on the precinct than what he's letting on in order to know all these intimate details. And mm -hmm. I think that's when it clued into me that he knew what was going on because he's giving away all these like personal details, like trying to get on his good side. Yep. I think, I think that was when it clued me in that he's, he's like, okay, why am I, you know, why does he know all these intimate details unless he's been looking in on this from the very beginning and he's you know, like angling to get into the station to carry it at the revenge yep. and that's when i first thought was that, okay you know he, per, he he did all this research he knows what's going on in the precinct because he wants something there in the precinct he's probably out to get the dirty cops and then it's like no that, that can't be it that's too stupid like you know <laughs> like, like it's, it's too stupid for like why would he want to go like get to that precinct just to have access to all the cops and then kill them off in the traps like you know that makes no sense but yeah this okay, guy yeah. literally went to the police academy uh, became a cop, uh, probably was assigned to a precinct he didn't want to be at, worked hard to become a homicide detective in the hopes that he would get assigned to this exact precinct. It's just, this is one of those convenient plots that just really irks me. I mean, yeah. to actually think that this kid actually thought this would work, that alone is ridiculous. But then the fact that 
but the majority of the plan actually does fucking work is just completely nonsensical. So yeah, I think eh. that's because I'm saying like that's what I was thinking about. It's like yeah, this is just too stupid. Like it can't work. Like this can't be the reason. And then you know, final ten minutes is like oh whoops, there we go. Yeah. But I mean, even more to the point, like that even sets up like the other big issue. The t- ending reveal is given ten minutes before the end, the actual end of the movie. Like the actual point of the Saw films is that the very last frame is usually revealing who the killer is. Like even then, that's another big point that it kind of feels a little off about. That you have the whole monologue and interaction where they're in the bottling facility together, where he's going over his plan. Like that. <laughs> that's not a Saw film. Like that's not even a. Uh, so I'm saying is that you know he's taking you know Chris Rock down into the final trap and he's telling him about all of his plans like that's not a soft film like that's completely different. Oh my God, Don! I didn't even remember that bit, that the villain was monologuing at the end. That's so fucking classic. I know. Uh, it makes me hate the movie even more. Because <laughs> he, he really does. You're right. He's like, here's my evil plan. Do you want to be a part of it? Right, yeah, because, you know, even says that whole thing about, you know, I'm even going to call the cops here because that's how much faith I have that you're going to, that I'm going to trust you. Yeah, that you're going to do the quote-unquote right thing, yeah. Yeah, he even, yeah, yeah, he calls the cops and saying, hey, there's a gun here, you know, he fires a gun off and is like, you know, get over here, we're blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, we've got about five minutes, I'm going to take you down to meet your father. And he monologues the entire time about his whole spiel. Yep. And then puts the and then he does the final trap. Like that's not saw at all. That's completely different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the final trap coming after the reveal of the killer did feel a little weird. But then again, this killer being so lame, it you know, I wasn't thinking about how weird it was in the theater. I was just I was completely fixated on the shitty villain, his shitty motivation. Yeah. It's just uh so upsetting. And then as Mike may have accidentally alluded to in the non-spoiler section, uh, our killer actually gets away. He fucking actually walks away from this. Doesn't run. He walks away from this whole thing. Mind you, you know, everyone thinks he's dead because, you know, like, like we mentioned earlier, his skin, or we thought was his skin, because it had a, uh, a Charlie tattoo. Charlie was the name of his son. And as it turns out, he doesn't actually have a son. It was actually his dad's name, as it turns out. The, the witness who got shot. But the point is, is that, yeah, he basically just gets some random guys, uh, puts the tattoo on him, the exact same tattoo. By the way, this guy's tattooing skills are amazing because the tattoo on the dead body looked great. It's like, really? This guy couldn't, should have been a tattoo artist instead of a cop. If he's that fucking good at lettering, I was, I was impressed. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, exactly. the motivation, yeah. it's just ridiculous. <laughs> And then, yeah, the last trap. Uh, well, did we miss a trap? This is what I mean. I don't remember if I we actually... Uh, the, the head wax. The wax, right? The sergeant. Ah, oh, such a dumb fucking trap. <laughs> what was it? She basically got tied down onto a table with a faucet of hot wax above her head. She had a cloth placed over her head. And basically, hot wax dripped on her head until what? Oh, right. Uh, yeah, she, she had, had to, to sever her own spine. Yeah, there which... was a thing on her neck that she had to she had to pierce the thing with her neck, and that stopped the wax from going off. I, I, I like that. I like that the I like that the that the instruction is 
sever your own spine, but don't worry, you'll be fine. You'll you'll yeah, like exactly. what do you mean? What do you mean sever my like? It's like if any of the wax came out at all, she's dead if she severs her spine. Even if the wax stops as soon as she severs it, whatever wax has already come out is going to suffocate her because no one is going to get to her in time. And as it turned out, no one did. And just the concept like, okay, I'll sever my spine because, you know, I'm a surgeon, you know, and I can do it precisely to where it's not going to kill me. Uh, That would just like as soon as it's all sever your spine and it will stop the I'm like uh what (laughs) like like everyone else it was like okay your tongue your fingers okay you sever your spine I was like uh just kill me just just turn the wax on and kill me it's exactly. Like that was one of the that was one of the more fucked up traps is the wax because you suffer for a while while you're laying there you know pretty much suffocating but um I just I kept trying to think what did she do that was so wrong all she did was defend her cops her brothers you know for anybody who you know doesn't really know I I have police officers in my family and it is a brotherhood they will go to bat for each other no matter what which obviously could be a bad thing at times but I'm not going to get into that right now. Um, so I understand why uh, the the current police chief or the current captain was the way she was when Samuel L. was the police chief or when he was the captain. You know what I mean? It, she was just doing what is expected of her. But then he but then this guy punishes her like she's just as dirty as all the cops who are killing innocent people and, you know, lying on stands and getting people, you know, innocent people convicted. I just didn't feel like her punishment matched her crime. But then again, no one's punishment matched her crime in this movie, other than maybe, you know, that one cop who, well, the two cops who actually shot people, you know? Well, yeah, and th- well, that's the thing about everything going on in this. I'm like, okay, I have no argument against the fact that there's dirty cops. I, I totally agree that there are. I to- in, in every police department, there's probably, like, some dirty cops. The thing is, though how dirty they are is going to vary in this movie. This is like the most corrupt, dirty police department ever. Like, I mean, you guys, you just have cops straight cold blooded murdering people like the one cop. What? Cause he got flipped off. The dude just blew him away. I'm like, okay. Like, and, 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 um, how, like the only way that rookie cop, would have known like what was their video footage how would he even know that that's dash like, cam some he, he somehow got a it had to have been body cam or dash cam and if that's the case if that's the case all you have to do is uh get that footage and submit it to like a district attorney like because obviously that means that the the captain which at the time i don't know if they were alluding that samuel jackson was still the captain at the time or if uh yeah. the lady had taken over by then but if you like all you Obviously, there had to have been footage because that's how the rookie detective mm-hmm. knew. So why don't you go to the evidence locker and snatch it? It just seems like there's an easier way to bring these people to justice if that's if it's really about justice and not just revenge. Yeah. Um, uh, apparently, this guy didn't see uh, Glass because the the ending of Glass is what this guy should have done. He should have taken that footage. He should have just thrown it on the internet for everyone to see and expose the department. But instead, he just decided to be petty and take them out himself, which really doesn't teach anyone a lesson. Ultimately, well, it almost, it almost does the opposite effect. Yeah. It does the opposite effect because if the public doesn't know that they're actually guilty and now they're murdered, it almost creates sympathy 
for exactly. cops being murdered. Thank you. So it's like, yeah, so the, <laughs> this killer is like ruining his own cause. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and now we have to deal with more movies with this guy, this uncompelling, lame-ass villain, you know? I, I it just, I'm not happy. Uh, you could have given me a slightly more compelling villain, and I might have liked this movie a, a lot more. Because, um, like I said, it is well-made. It is it is a beautiful movie to behold. It's just the story is shit and the villain is shit. Um, so what are you gonna do? And you know everybody else in the movie is just different levels of shit. And <laughs> when when we leave, Samuel Jackson's like very weakened, but he's not technically dead, or we don't know for sure, right? Because nope. he, he no, he's become he's that. dead. Oh, was he? Dead? He's dead as fuck. Yeah, because oh, the cops open the door. Yep, yeah, yep. the cops open the door, and then they blast oh, yeah, that's him right. because he he's got, on the he got shot. In the okay. I, I, that's right. Yeah, he yeah. got strung back up and then got shot. Yeah, that was actually stuff. clever. I will, I will give that up to him. The fact that he set that up so that it looks like the guy's raising his hand with a gun in it, I, I, that's mildly clever. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. Doesn't mean I like the movie anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah it definitely guarantees that Samuel's not surviving. That scene, which of course he did not. So yeah, because yeah, cause, like I said, they open the door and then that triggers the marionette thing. That's what mm-hmm. raises him up. He has the gun raised and then they just open fire. Yeah. So yeah, no, he Samuel L. Jackson is dead as fuck. Yeah, and literally as they're fucking filling Samuel Jackson with uh, bullets, our killer literally walks into an an elevator, hits the button, and just waves at Chris Rock as the elevator goes down. And that's our goddamn movie. (laughs) Well, and the thing is, it's like you, um, excuse me, uh, in order to have like future spirals i mean the unless certain you know unless future installments it's going to be like a different copycat every time it's like well now that the guy's uh identity is known i mean he's gonna have to be in hiding because chris rock's detective character is just gonna be able to tell everyone hey it was this guy they're gonna believe him because he's a detective so i don't know i don't know how this new killer still operates unless he's in 100 percent hiding at all time well, he has to be now. Like I said, um, most people think he's dead. Um, I, I guarantee at least one or two of the cops shooting at Samuel Jackson had to have seen the guy leaving in the elevator. It was a big elevator. One of those old elevators that just has like the, the gate in the front instead of the actual closing doors. Yeah, like so a cargo, it's, like, it's like a cargo one. Exactly. Yeah. A freight elevator type thing. And yeah, he literally waves at Chris Rock as the elevator is leaving. And I'm like, I know at least one of those other cops had to have seen it because it was well lit, too. It was very well lit. So, yeah, this guy obviously has to go into major hiding. um, But but you're right. Half of the fun of Saw is figuring out the killer. Obviously, with Saw 2 and 3, we already knew. But with future installments, they still added the murder mystery element to it. And they tried to do it here as well. They just failed miserably. Mm-hmm. It was very on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> just disappointing, that's all. Not a bad film, just a little disappointing. I'm well, not plus bad, now, I'm just disappointed. Uh, plus, going going forward, I assume, like, I mean, if, if it's going to be the same killer in the sequel or future sequels, I guess, what's he going to have to do? Start going to different police departments because if that's what his whole gimmick is is murdering dirty cops 
I, I mean, we already know pretty much going into it everything that's going to happen, so there's not going to be very much mystery to anything anymore, so I don't know... If I, if I can, I, I think this is probably... This is probably the way it would... I would at least do it if I, if I was in charge of the situation as it stands right now. I would have him become the new Jigsaw accolade. Like, he's the, the one guy in charge of everything. Like, the notoriety of the situation has blown him up to a, sta- to a state where, where others want to copy him. You know, put people in the traps and dole justice out and stuff like that. So my thing is now he operates from the shadows. He doesn't get his hands dirty. He doesn't do anything. He literally is operating in the shadows, teaching everybody how to pull the traps off, how to, you know, build everything and get get everything together. Like, you you yourself operate in the shadows and that sort of thing. Chris Rock is now in charge of every, is in charge of a special division that is solely purposeful tracking him down. Like, that's the entire purpose of their unit is to track him down and stop these new copycats as they pop up. Like that's the weekly thing is every week the new one pops up and it turns out he's, you know, somehow related to this, you know, this guy from this film. And that's their task is to now act as a task force and bring him down and stop this whole spiral thing as it, you know, before it gets out of control. That's how I would Mm -hmm. operate it from, that's how I would do it personally. All right. Well, here is my, uh, treatment for Spiral 2. I like Don's idea, but I'm so pissed off at this killer <laughs> that I would go a completely opposite way. In my Spiral 2, the very first victim would be Detective William. They would find him. The cops would be confused because they'd be like, wait a minute, I thought he was the the jigsaw killer, the jigsaw copycat. But what would happen is a real jigsaw copycat would show up and he would kill William because he would be so pissed off that William isn't an acolyte, that he doesn't actually believe in the teachings of John Kramer, that he was just a vindictive little douchebag. And that this guy is legitimately a guy or girl, mind you, I know it's 2021. So this person who is an actual acolyte, of um jigsaw would probably go around and he actually he or she would actually put william in a trap that could be escaped um obviously william doesn't deserve that but i see this particular legitimate jigsaw copycat actually killing this guy and then maybe that's where the movie goes where this guy rather than actually trying to redeem um people who deserve redemption he's going out and taking out uh, jigsaw copycats that don't believe uh, in the word of Kramer, if you will. <laughs> That's my yeah. Opinion. That's I mean, not a bad just one. I like anything that. that would kill William in the first scene of the next movie, I'm down for. <laughs> so submit your treatment uh, to uh, Zero mind. Room in Hell. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that one as an opening scene, actually. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. Just because I, I'm, I, I'm. Ultimately, I'll admit it. I'm just as petty as William is in this movie. And when I dislike something in my in a franchise that I love, I want to see it killed with fire quickly. And I am down to let William die in the first scene of the next movie. Fuck it. Let, okay. let, let us find out that Amanda never actually died or something, and she's back or something. You know, she planned on retiring, but because this little fake douchebag decided to start shit up again, now she's back or something stupid. I don't know. Whatever. But... Uh. Dr. Gordon, I mean, Dr. Gordon's still alive. 
And I'm flexible enough in my creativity to let people's pettiness get the better of me if their idea is actually intriguing. So <laughs> I'm just petty. I'm not a good writer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only other thing I could think of is like the 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 fact that kind of the subtitle is Book of Solid just means that they're alluding to the fact that there's just copycats out there at large. Like it's not always going to be centered around this specific killer, whether it's by one of your guys's means or not. Um, yeah. It's one of those things where we're not going to know for sure. Cause it's, you know, we don't have, well, at least I would hope not. They're not trying to create an, a new icon out of this guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if, if that's not the case, I could easily see like the next one being either maybe he, you know, he gets taken out, you know, maybe at the beginning of the next movie, he gets caught and he gets taken out. And then that's how the movie opens with them thinking, OK, we've solved it. We're good. And then that's when the trap murders start happening again. And then, OK, we got someone else on our hand. But uh, we'll see. Because about this franchise, I mean, you really can't have a lot of copycats, ultimately. If as long as they have the same core beliefs as John Kramer, I can accept it. If they if they're just petty, vindictive little douchebags, then I can't accept it. It's just yeah, you know. And I, I think that was actually somewhat of a smart way to subtitle the movie The Book of Saw because that's alluding to like, okay, that means, you know, that there's followers of John Kramer's work out there and they're going to, you know, do their own iterations of it to their liking. So it it kind of has never any possibilities, you just want them to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think we might have exhausted what we have to say about this movie. What about you guys? Anything else before we uh, wrap this one up? No, I'm good. Um, I got nothing else much. All right. Well, um, let's go around and uh, hear what else we have for people to listen to. Venom, do you have anything new since the last episode? Uh, let's see, what do we got? We have a new episode of Theme Warriors uh, that is not quite available. We just recorded it this past weekend. It should be available any day now. Uh, on that episode, we looked at uh, the theme for the episode was movies that have not re- um, that have not received a DVD or Blu-ray release in North America. Uh, so uh, the uh, the theme originally was just movies that never got a Blu-ray or DVD release, but in our research, we found out that a lot of the movies that we were going to talk about actually had received DVD releases. They were just in other markets, so we didn't know about it here in the U.S. So so we just decided to tack on the uh, In North America to that one. So check that out. We, we look at a couple of... Uh, obscure movies maybe movies that aren't really talked about very often but we do actually talk about one oscar nominated movie so go figure so yeah the quality ranges from you know oscar nominated to uh mike's pick <laughs> let's go with that <laughs> so yeah you can check that out uh any day now i would imagine as you hear this episode that episode will be available so check that out um on the next episode of the main show we're going to be looking at mike's picks and i guess the kind of sort of loose theme for that episode is going to be uh criminals that were electrocuted who came back to cause more hilarity um so of course you know shocker is going to be in there but hmm, what's the other movie going to be you'll have to tune in to episode what is it now 33 
of No More Room in Hell. It's either 32 or 33 we're up to at this point. All of those, of course, are available on the Dark Discussions podcast network. Um, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space and In the Mic of Madness are still on hiatus um, while people take care of life issues and other opportunities. So hopefully those will be back sooner than later. And last but probably least on (laughs) It's Not Horror Okay, our most recent episode, we looked at the early 80s Canadian comedy quote-unquote classic Porkies, um, which was ended up being a very fun uh, commentary. So check that out. And uh, that's pretty much it for me. All right, Don, what do you got? So uh, the only thing uh, for me is um, I was able to join the uh, video channel for the uh, website that I write for, um, Asian Movie Pulse. And uh, we did... A special video um, video episode on Mr. Vampire, which uh, is one of my favorite films. So, um, yeah, that uh, is out there. You can check it out. Um, If you want to know, I'll get you a link for it because, you know, it's a video show, so it's not going to be on most of our normal catchers. So, um, yeah, if you want to know that, let me know and I'll get get it to you. Um, Other other than that, um, if you remember around a month, or so ago, I was um, referring to a couple of guest spots that we had to uh, work out, you know, timing and everything. And then I just sort of uh, uh, stopped talking about it because, and, you know, nothing ever much happened. Well, over the past week, uh, we've actually managed to get one of those sorted out. And uh, I can now c- confirm that I will be appearing on the Hooked on Hitchcock show with uh, an episode called for um, Dial M for Murder. Ooh. So, nice. yeah, um, we were we were um, we were waiting just on one of the uh, hosts to get settled. Um, my uh, Venom, you know about. Yes. So uh, one of the hosts is involved in the indie scene, so you know what's going on there. It kind of you know depends on the scheduling. You exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, one of the hosts there is uh, just like Rebecca is involved in the indie industry, so we were waiting on him to finish off a shoot or two or something, but. Uh, yeah, um, I'm, that episode should be recorded by the time this. It'll be re- um, recorded by the time this gets released, but then it won't be re- released for a while. So um, I'll probably be mentioning that for a few weeks until it it does get released. But um, yeah, like Venom said, uh, you know, waiting on Underwater Kaiju to get sorted and still trying to figure out what's going on with graveyard shit. But if anything happens, I'll let you know. Cool. Um, as far as I go, yeah, Venom already mentioned it, Theme Warriors. I'd imagine that uh, that will be available if you're listening to this, um, since uh, they've been kind of recorded a day apart, or a couple days apart. Um, so, you, hey, you could even listen to them back-to-back, probably, if you so wish. Um, but that's it for me. Venom, I think we have a... Do we have a week off before... The next theatrical release, or is well, it something I got, smaller this Friday? I got Army of the Dead, but I'm not sure if that's playing where you guys are. I, I think it's playing out here for a week, and then it hits Netflix at the end of the month. Well, I was going to ask, did you want to do it for the that release, or did you want to wait for the Netflix release? I mean, we can. Because I don't know how close way. it is with... Because I'm just saying, I don't know how close it's going to be with uh, Quiet Place 2. Quiet Place 2 is not 
this coming up Friday, but the next a week from this Friday, right? Yep, two weeks. Yeah. And then, yeah. like I said, Army of the Dead is already out in limited release. Um, there's like two theaters out here in L.A. showing it. So if you guys wanted to do it before the Netflix release, I, I wouldn't have a problem seeing it. But I'm down to wait till the more wide release, too. That's fine. Yeah, I'll check. I I wasn't sh- uh, I'm not sure if it's I, I would assume that it's playing somewhere here. I just haven't looked into it yet, but I'm not opposed to doing that in, in our in next week because I know I know it's pretty much set. We're doing Quiet Place two in two oh, weeks. So. Definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, My second wait. favorite movie of 2018. So we got to do the sequel. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because like we're about to start hitting all like the the would have been 2020 movies coming up. Yep, exactly. <laughs> still waiting for uh, what um, the Guillermo movie Antlers. Still waiting. Antlers. Yeah, uh, Candyman's Antlers, coming yeah, out uh, soon. Candyman. Candyman. Hollow. Halloween. Wait, is Halloween Kills this year? Yes, it is this year. Yeah, okay, this year. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I think Carpenter said it's either going to be streaming or it's going to be in theaters, but Hell or High Water, it's coming out in 2021. I think that was his... Word for quote, word, almost. Not exact, but if that wasn't his quote. I think that was the message behind it. Yep. Come Hell or High Water, streaming or theaters, it's getting 2021. Yeah, and I think I think he even said that before, like wide distribution of vaccines so now given the situation it's pretty much guaranteed that it's going to be released in the theater this year right yeah i think that was like i said i think that was the if not exact quote i think that was the message behind it so yeah um, antlers i think we missed Candyman. i think we missed and then what was the there was three of them that was it wasn't halloween there was another one that well, was quiet place two is supposed to be last year as well uh, not that one. Um, there was. What was the other one? Well, I know originally Saint Maud was supposed yeah, to be Saint last Maud year. Yeah, Saint Maud was supposed to be in theaters, but we got that. Um, I mean, I'm sure I'm there's a sure. bunch. I know Antlers probably, is the big there's one. There's probably for like me. a handful. I mean, there's probably a handful that would have been released that we don't even know that oh, did, sure. that they just didn't have big press on them. Um, because you know, once the mass shutdown started happening, they probably they probably just stopped even announcing stuff that was getting pushed back. They're just like, eh, we never even announced yeah. it in the first place, so why even say anything? Yeah, oh. something for that would have come out like you know under the radar or something like you know like a July or an August release. Yeah. Oh, we got the Conjuring in June, don't we? Oh, Conjuring, Conjuring, that was the one. Conjuring, oh, yeah. Conjuring was that three, supposed yeah. to be last year? Yep. Yeah, Conjuring oh, 3, I'm not even sure if that was supposed to be. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, yeah, um, I think, yeah, Conjuring. That was the one. Yeah, that was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah we we got a lot of franchise movies this year. We got the the Last Purge movie coming. We got Don't Breathe two. Um, we still got that Edgar Wright movie that was supposed to be out last year. Uh, last Night in Soho. Oh. I guess that's that's still probably going to come out sometime this year. But yeah, those look like the big ones for now. Conjuring 3, Halloween, Forever Purge, Don't Breathe 2, Candyman. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it looks like Army of Dead, Army of the Dead is potentially next, but if not, we will find something to hold us over. Oh, so, yeah. No. Uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. We will catch you next time. Say goodbye to the listeners. Hail Jigsaw. <laughs> Let's go.